Pentecostal. Um, his father and mother, Pastor Bridges Church, um, down in Bridgeland, here in the city. They've been here now for probably 30, 31 years, because I know they were here before we came. And um, their father, or Jordan's father, Bruce, his father, Ron, uh, was in the B.C. District when we were there. Now, his grandfather was a troublemaker. Not a bad troublemaker. He was a... Um, I remember sitting with him at conference. I may have told you this when I introduced him before. With him and another older gentleman, Egan Roller. And I was a new guy. I was greener than a peeled willow as far as the pastor's concerned. I was sitting with them at one of our district conferences because I wanted to be mentored and learn what do you do at these conferences. And all they did, not all, most of the things they did at the back, they were sitting in the back row like some of you like to sit, and they were telling jokes. I mean, we laughed so hard. That those are back in the days when you had pews. You know, you know what a pew is? It's not what the person said be, when you sat beside them. It's what you sat on, you know. Uh, and, and we laughed so hard, the pew was just rocking. And um, anyway, I learned a lot of conference on what not to do. Um, but um, that's my history with this family. But we've known uh, Jordan's dad, Bruce, and his wife for many years, faithful ministers in our city uh, who love God and are very connected with what's going on in, in the political world, the religious world, and social world, um, and very knowledgeable and up-to-date on things. They've run a ministry in Bridgeland for years now in a number of different schools called Kids World, where they reach out to kids in the area. I don't you could tell I don't know how many kids. And, and that was taken over to Malawi and um, with Kids World Society Malawi and its um, bridge to Malawi and all different ministry names. But um, I want you to welcome Jordan Dulwich, and he's going to introduce a guest he has with him as well. Jordan, will you come this morning and share with us about your work in Malawi? God bless you. Good morning. It's great to be here with you. I, I, uh, Pastor Roy, I have to say not much has changed because even if Grandpa was to go to conference, he would still sit in the back row and crack jokes. And I know that because that's what I did when I was at conference a month ago. <laughs> Learned very quickly, don't sit in the front row, move to the back. So it's family tradition, I think. Um, you mentioned Kids World here in Canada. Kids World Outreach Society started actually in King George Elementary School, which is where I went to elementary school on 10th Street and 20th Avenue Northwest. And when the, school, when the church uh, moved into Bridgeland, we moved into um, Langevin School, and from there it went over to St. Angela's, and then now we are ministering out of Vista Heights School, uh, just, in, just in the northeast off 16th Avenue there. And I don't know if you know this, but Vista Heights School is known as the most rejected elementary school in the in Calgary District. It just receives the least bit of attention. It's one of the places where teachers don't really want to go and, and work, but they do. And it's a challenging one. It also has a Muslim population of about 30% in, in that school. And it has meant, or it has made for, oh, my glasses are dirty. It has made for a great opportunity for Kids World Outreach Society to reach into the community because a lot of them are new Canadians. And we've, 
had Muslim families take part in our Christmas pageant. And kids are just being poured into with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Several Muslim families, their parents have been healed of various things, including cancer, and have come to know Jesus Christ as their Savior. So it has been an incredible opportunity ministering in, in Northeast Calgary. Um, in 2002, I first went over to Malawi with Bible College and was taking a cross-cultural communications course. Got invited to go back and kept going back and going back for four to six months at a time. And in 2007, I registered Kids World Outreach Society in Malawi. And we became not a once-a-week after-school program like is here in Calgary, but we became a 24-7 ministry to children. So kids would come. It started out as a simple feeding program. Kids would come for lunch after school and take a little bit home. And currently, we are serving 358 orphans in Malawi with breakfast at 6 a.m. Then we pay for their school fees and all their education from nursery to university. And then they come, they come for lunch after school. And then they've got tutors. They've got medical care, dental care. Our de- actually, our dental bill this year was about $3,000. Uh, there's no insurance, so you've got to pay out of pocket. But what's really cool is you can, you can get a crown in Malawi for $400. I don't know. When was the last time you paid without insurance $400 for a crown? Um, one poor young man, he, I looked at him and his face was all swollen up and I said, what's happened to you? And his name is uh, Motifo. I said, Motifo, what's wrong? Mm, my mouth is hurting. I said, well, for how long has it been hurting? Ah, it started maybe a year ago. I said, well, why didn't you say something? Well, it was just a small pain, and then it abscessed and got infected both sides on his, on his lower teeth, and uh, had to take him into town to the dentist, and they had to cut open his gums and just drain and drain and drain, and he had six appointments for every, every week. Um, well, I should say one appointment for, for every week for six weeks, where he had it all cleaned out and had two crowns put in, and totally different. The, de- the dentist actually said, you know, had you not brought him in here, he probably would have died of the infection because it would have gone up into his sinuses and into his brain. It was a bad, bad infection. So I'm always telling the kids, when you have something small, let us know before it gets bad. Lesson learned for them. And now, they, now all of a sudden they all came forward, I've got problems with my teeth, and $3,000 later. So, um, But Kids World Outreach Society, 358 kids. We have, uh, who did you, did you meet Peter last year? Did I bring Peter? Peter. Peter just began his first year of biomedical engineering at uh, the University of Malawi Polytechnic. It's a brand new program there in Malawi, and he's one of the first students to start that. Lawrence, I don't know if you met Lawrence a couple years ago, but Lawrence is finishing up his third year of bioclinical medicine and uh, will be graduating as a clinical officer later on this year. Jacob, who is with me today, graduated from secondary school last year with 12 points, being distinctions in absolutely everything, and is going on to Kamuzu College of Nursing to become a nurse. So I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to be introducing you to Jacob a little while later. I want to, I want to read this morning from Romans chapter 5. Uh, Romans chapter 5, this is for something that 
This is a scripture that God brought to my my mind, and I'm going to give you my testimony of this last year. But Romans chapter 5, starting at verse 1, I'm reading from the NLT uh, version. I don't know what you've got on there, but uh, if you want to follow along. Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. And because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege. I love that part, undeserved, because I know I don't deserve it where we now stand and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. And we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. Some versions say tribulations. For we know that they help us to develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment. For we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with love. Father, thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you that through our darkest moments, you're closer than a brother. And even though it seems like you're far away, you're right there walking through those moments with us. You don't leave us, you don't forsake us. But you're our father, you're our friend, you're our king, and God, thank you for revealing yourself to us through your Holy Spirit. I pray, Lord, as I testify of what goodness you have done, that you would just open ears to hear of your faithfulness, that we would bring honor and glory to you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Last year, Um, Shortly after I returned to Malawi, I began the process of taking over another ministry. Uh, When I was here, I was just about to head to a board meeting, or I had just come from a board meeting. There was a missionary missionary couple went to Malawi in the 80s, Phyllis and Norm LeBrantz out of Edmonton. They POC pastors for a long time. And they also pastored the Victory Church for a while when they, when they needed a uh, pastor. But they went and they pastored the Longway Pentecostal Church in, in, in Malawi. And pastored there for many years and m- married many of my friends, buried their children. And so they're well known. And they returned to Canada in the 90s. And in 1999, uh, Norm passed away from an inoperable brain tumor. And Phyllis now in her late seven, or then in her late 70s, returned to Malawi as a widow and began going up and down all of Malawi looking for a place to begin a secondary school, a high school. And along the way, she accumulated about a 1,000 churches in Mozambique and Malawi, all these independent churches, and she joined them together as one denomination. And she pastored these churches and began construction on a school. She got some land about seven minutes away from where I live, by just straight down my road, and six acres of land, which at the time was not in, in the city, and it's now in the city. But this, this widow in her 70s began construction, and in 2007, she opened a high school, King's Victory Academy. And in 2015, she had to return to Canada. She got malaria very badly. It affected her. Her health incredibly, and today she's living in shepherd's care in Edmonton. And she was completely d- gutted, totally disappointed that she couldn't return to Malawi. 
And the school, the, the board in Canada, Friends of Malawi Fellowship, began looking for somebody to take over this high school that Phyllis had started. And they approached the Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada. And POC says, we're changing our focus. And they didn't take it over. But why don't you give Jordan Dobush a call? Because I don't have enough work to do. And I met with them. And God dropped in my heart, yes, this is a good thing. Let's do this. And so last year, we began the process of bringing kids King's Victory Academy under the umbrella of Kids World Outreach Society. And I have to admit right now, had I known everything I know today, I would have run in completely the opposite direction. Um, somebody, I'm not going to say who it was, because if this goes online, I don't want it to, to break Phyllis's heart. But somebody was uh, embezzling the school fees thousands of dollars over years the teacher they stole the teachers pensions and all sorts of stuff and then there was a a war over the buildings of the school and the land between the school and the church and nobody clued in that neither one of them owned the land it was owned by phyllis privately and there was just it was just this unholy battle going on between these two organizations and in I walk in the middle of this, and I'm wondering why is this school running on donations from Canada when people are paying to attend this school, and I'm looking for trying to find out where the money is going. And in the middle of this, somebody's trying to get me deported because they know I'm going to find out where the money is going. So my stress levels are high. I'm trying to sort that out. Came to, came to Canada in the fall, went around, headed back to Malawi. And a few weeks into Malawi, something happened that began to change not only how I've done ministry in Malawi, but changed a lot of my life. Um, the, way I, the way I deal with stress is a few years ago, I took, up, uh, I took up kickboxing, and that lasted all of six months wasn't good for me. I, I got too angry. <laughs> so I turned that into um, baking. And if you follow me on Facebook over the last few years, you would have seen cinnamon buns and pies and cakes and breads and all sorts of stuff coming out of my kitchen on a daily basis. Because I would come home from work and I would, I would take my frustration out on a lump of dough and go to somebody's house and say, God bless you, here's some cinnamon buns. Or if we were short of cash, I would sell it. But usually it was, I would give it away. And that was how I dealt with my stress every, every day. It worked. It was great. But in November last year, I began to feel not very good. My stomach began to run. Constantly fatigued. Headaches like I've never experienced before. And I suffer from migraine headaches. I, I can be out for days at a time but these were far more painful and I wasn't able to go to work and I'm thinking what's going on I went to the doctor they tested me for malaria no malaria and but my blood pressure was through the roof I said give me something for the pain you'll watch my blood pressure go down so they gave me an injection for the pain blood pressure went right down that was fine but I still was spiking a fever they did more blood tests and found out I had typhoid that meant I was not allowed 
to touch food that anybody else was going to consume for eight weeks. So that took away how I bless people and it took away my, my outlet for stress. Was on two rounds of oral antibiotics and couldn't kick it. Went on to IV antibiotics for five days. Got better. Everything was fine. Leading up into December, um, trying to coordinate a Christmas banquet for, for the church. And I got typhoid again. And I was down. And I couldn't, I couldn't do anything. Had to just let people do stuff. And recovered February typhoid again, and I thought, where is this coming from? Turned out the, the, um, the, for lack of a better word, the housekeeper for the Kids World Mission had typhoid, asymptomatic. And every time I got better and he prepared food, I got reinfected. Not only that, but he was baking bread for our students that were in town boarding and attending high school. So we now had 17 infected students got them treated. My ministry team was all sick, got them sorted out. But because it was my third time getting sick, I was on uh, two grams of ceftriaxone twice a day for five days. By the end of the fifth day, I was pretty sure my teeth were going to fall out of my face if I opened my mouth. Like, it just, my gums hurt, everything hurt. I felt rotten. You add all of this together, I've got a battle going on for the, for the ownership of the school. I've got the church pressing for, they want 50% of the income of the school, which meant I couldn't even pay the teacher's salaries. And in the middle of it, they've got a lawyer coming in trying to tell us we have to give the school over. I've got a typhoid outbreak in, with my kids. I'm trying to coordinate a conference at the church for that our annual conference that we have every single gen. There was just so much going on. And I had no stress release. And I thought, Lord, 2017 was a really good year. Why does 2018 have to start like this? And if any of you have known me from the time I was young, I don't have a very long fuse when it comes to my temper. It's quite short. So I also just walk away from things so that I don't explode, and I'll come back to it later. But I'm sitting there, and I'm angry, and I'm angry at God because I'm having to go through all this. Add on to that, the Land Cruiser broke down. The, str- the springs on the back of the Land Cruiser broke, and it's going to cost me $5,000 to fix that. Two power steering pumps, blue seals. Like, it's, it was just one of those, and then dental bills and medical bills and maintenance bills and all, like, just bills, 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 bills. And there's an NDP government in Alberta, and everybody's losing their jobs, and donations are down, and it's just, yeah. When, you're, when 90% of your ministry relies on donations, it's a, major, it's a major thing. And I was upset, and I'm stressed, and God reminds me. We can rejoice, too, when we run into problems and trials. And I didn't read it in the NLT. I read it in the NASB, and we can rejoice in our tribulations. I'm like, yeah, how? 
And I looked back, and getting typhoid meant I had to take time off of work. It meant I had to stay away from some people during the heights of my sickness. It meant I got to stay in bed for some time. And I got to get some rest. I got to get away and rest. And I couldn't remember being able to do that, even though I had just done it the year before. But I was stressed. And I remember saying, Lord, thank you. Thank you for typhoid. I must sound nuts, but thank you for typhoid. Thank you for the opportunity to sit back and just let you handle things. We can rejoice because these tribulations, the NASB says, develop perseverance. And perseverance, character, and character, hope. Sitting back and praying and saying, okay, God, I'm going to let you handle this. I'm going to put out some letters, and I'm going to say, these are, these are my finance problems. I'm going to put that out there. And God is really faithful, because when I started advertising that I had needs, checks started coming in. So the financial part, the medical bills, the dental bills, and the car stuff was all taken care of. So then I turned to the legal problems at the school, and I've got this, this um, congregation that's meeting in the chapel. Now, I think there's a thousand churches in this denomination, and one congregation is meeting in the chapel. And when I met with them in July last year, I said, I'm not going to charge you rent. I want you to stay for free so we can continue to work together. I want you to just contribute to the maintenance. Well, this is our building. I said, so shouldn't you maintain it then? But I'm not going to charge you rent. It's... It, belongs with the school. Well, the school is ours and you have to pay us this money. I said, I'm not paying you any money. Let's look into it. So I, I get an auditor in. I find out where all the finances are going. And I go and look at the registration of the school. And it turns out that the name of the school, only the name, not the facilities, not any of the equipment, the name of the school is under the church. But everything else is under Phyllis. And I said to the the bishop of the church. I said, okay, let me make you a deal. If you release the name of the school so the school can stand independently, I will release you from the financial obligation of having to pay the pensions for the teachers. What? I said, well, there's the pensions. There's nothing in the bank. There's no money. Um, if you want to claim ownership of the school, you're responsible for the finances of the of the school, therefore you have to pay the pensions of the teachers. We don't have that kind of money. I said, I know. That's why I'm giving you the option. I will release you from that, from that obligation if you will release the name of the school. No, we're not going to do that. And then I get a letter saying I have to give them the thing. So I wrote a letter through the lawyer, said, I want the pensions. And it just was a mess. Now, while that was all going on, I quietly went to the registrar's office and I found out that everything was in Phyllis's name. And so I wrote a letter to Phyllis in Canada, and she wrote back with a letter for the registrar. I went to the registrar, changed everything according to the law, and on Easter holidays, I rejoiced. And I took down the certificate off the wall, and I put up the new one. So the school is standing under, on its own under Kids World Outreach Society. The land is registered under Kids World. It's all, it's done. There's, nobody can claim anything, and the church is still meeting in the chapel. 
you can sort things out peacefully. And what, what was really hard for me, once somebody goes to a lawyer, you can't sit down and negotiate with them anymore. And in the middle of this, they're saying, do you have a personal lawyer? I said, I'm not, com- I'm not fighting you personally. This is the school. No, 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 we're coming after you personally. Lord, help me. They, wanted, they, went to the, they went to immigration to try to have my permit revoked so that I would deport it, be deported because they knew that my permit was expiring in August this year and I would have to renew and they were trying to block the renewal of my permit. God has a really funny way of dealing with things and he put me in connection with the chief immigration officer. No bribes, no nothing. And my permit is being renewed. And I look back, and I'm thinking, this was nuts. This was six months of insanity. And I'm only giving you, like, the niceties of the insanity. I'm not giving you all the stuff I had to go through. I remember driving to the hospital after the third blood test, praying, Lord, let it be malaria. In Jesus' name, let me have malaria. Who does that? Right? (laughs) Like, I know I'm sick. I can pray for healing, but I'm like, I want to pray for healing from malaria. I want to have malaria because I want my life to go on. I don't want everything to come to a halt because of typhoid again. I want to be able to cook for people. Never thought I would pray that something would be a specific disease. And I get typhoid. Lord... Thank you for typhoid. And thank you that it means that I can just sit down. I can look around. I can watch everybody around me going absolutely nuts. And I can let you sort it out. Something happened God did something in the spiritual realm when I surrendered to him. And for the first time in 10 years, we were able to pay the teacher's salaries out of the school fees because we found out where the money was going and we stopped it. For the first time in 10 years, that school started to stand on its own. That's huge. You might think that's not a big thing, but... When, when you're working in missions overseas and you're trying to set up something to operate self-sufficiently, it is almost impossible. It's, it's so difficult because there's so many things that can go wrong. Kids cannot pay fees. All sorts, all sorts of things happen. And there's always repairs that have to be done. But that school ran a deficit of nearly $20,000 a year for 10 years. And for the first time in March of this year, we were able to pay the the teacher's salaries out of the school fees. And we did it again in April. And we did it again this month. That's massive. We're having a school fair in in July so that, like, our, our... Parents Association can raise money 
in country to support the operations of the school. That's, that's incredible. Kids World. Now, 15% of our budget. 15%. So we're only 85% on donations. 50% of our budget comes within country in Malawi. Because a couple years ago, we started a tailoring business. And one of the young men who grew up in Kids World chose tailoring as his profession. And not only made the suit you see Jacob wearing today, all the stuff that's out on the table, and that is like 10% of what we had when we came to Canada six weeks ago. He makes the uniforms for the kids, and he's able to support his family very well off of that money. And the profits are going into running Kids World. We started a catering business, which had to go on hold for the last little bit, but hoping next month to starting it back up again, where we've got almost $2,000 a month coming in from, from that. No, I shouldn't say 2000 but $1,500 had to do the exchange. $1,500 a month coming in on that. And we started a soap and candle business. And our, our organic soaps and candles are sold in one of the top art galleries in Malawi next to some of the finest artisans. We're, God is just opening up doors. And I am believing by the end of this year, we are going to see that 20% of our budget, if not more, is coming from within country. God is doing something. When, when students come to me and they say, you know, it's really hard. I think I, I want to drop out of school. I say, well, in fact, the one, who, Peter, who you met last year, tried to run away from school before he graduated. He said he couldn't do it, and he went to run away. And we sat down and we chatted with him, and he went back. And it's interesting because the verse that God spoke to me from Romans chapter 5 is the same stuff that I've been sharing with the kids for years. But isn't it, isn't it funny how when you're in the middle of your own situation, you, you can't see this? You, you, you can't say, I'm going to rejoice in this. And somebody has to knock on your door and bring it to your attention. Or God has to really come and speak to your heart and draw your attention to, we rejoice in our tribulations. We say, thank you, God, for this problem because I know that this is going to do something in my life. If I stick through it, if I hold on to you, if I keep my eyes fixed on you and I don't look at all this nonsense that's going around, I'm going to come through this and you are going to develop something in me. God has been developing patience in me. I stopped praying for patience a long time ago. I made that mistake once. And then I decided, oh, I'm going, to, I'm going to pray to trust God. Same difference. <laughs> when you pray for, to trust God, bring, God brings you circumstances where you have to trust him. For instance, donations go down and you have to trust that you can still pay. You can still pay for everything. God began to develop patience in me. And something began to change. I'm not here to boast. I am not the most patient person in the world. Driving in Canada makes me crazy. I don't understand it. You guys don't go when the light turns green. I said. <laughs> and you change lanes without signaling or you'll signal and you'll go the other way. I don't know. I don't know. At least in Africa, it's just like goats and 
whatever, and you hit it, you've got dinner. Like, <laughs> God began to work in me. And where's the fellow that was leading worship this morning? Are you here? That, that song, Love Come Down, that last verse, I stand in there, tears streaming down my face because we have a hope. We have a hope that can't be taken away. We have a hope that no matter what crap the world throws at us, our hope will not be shaken. And we can, we can go through all of this and we can cling on to Christ and we can say, you are my salvation. You are my strength. You are my portion. You are my provider. You are my healer. You are my rest. So I don't know what you're all going through today. I honestly don't. I can say to you how you feel about it is valid. God gave you those feelings. You can feel crappy about your situation. It's okay. Can I use that word in church? I don't know. (laughs) I just did. Sorry if you're offended. Get over it. But (laughs) your feelings are valid. But what's more valid, what's more important is to hang on to Christ through those circumstances. He will not disappoint. He will not let go. He will not let you walk through that alone. It may seem like God has abandoned you. It may seem like you have been left to your own devices. But he promises, I will never leave you and I will not forsake you. There are times when it is so dark. And we say, God, where are you? And it's like that voice that says, I am here is a million miles away. But he's not. Because the Spirit of God is dwelling in us. We have been made right in God's sight by faith, and we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege. That privilege of being called. Sons and daughters of the Most High. That privilege of being called friends of God. That privilege of having our needs provided before we know we need them. Before we even ask, God is aware of it. That place of being the redeemed of the Lord. Bought with a price. That place of when we were lost and when we were without hope, he reaches out and he finds us. Jacob, would you come up here? Your mother died when you were four, four years old. So when Jacob was four, Jacob's mother died. And Jacob was very blessed because when his father remarried, his stepmom took him, him and his brother Millen in as as family so oftentimes in africa when a, when a parent remarries the kids are cast aside often right out of the home and they have to go stay with either aunts and uncles or grandparents it's usually a grandparent and you will have 70 or 80 year olds 
looking after small children because the parents have gone on to marry and the new spouse doesn't want the kids. Jacob was very privileged. His, his, mom, his stepmom welcomed them in. But his dad really wanted a daughter. Jacob, how many brothers do you have? I have six brothers. Really wanted a daughter. <laughs> so Jacob is the oldest of seven. And in 2015, Jacob's world was coming to an end. It was like everything was being taken away. What was going on? What, what, what was happening that it seemed like things were not going to go well? There was a problem with school fees. How much were your school fees? It was 45,000 kwacha. 45,000 Malawi kwacha. In Malawi, or sorry, in Canadian currency, let me do the math. I, I keep forgetting this. This is the other thing. The typhoid affected my, my memory. I don't have memory right now. Um, $81 per term. So you're talking um, 45,000 kwacha for him. Plus his brother, which is another 45,000, 90,000 kwacha per term. Um, three terms, 270,000 per year. $490 a year for two kids to go to school. And the reason it was so expensive is Jacob and his brother are really smart. And they got selected to go to one of the top government schools in that district. So, Jacob... What would have happened if you couldn't pay those school fees? I would have dropped out of school. And if you dropped out of school and you never graduated, what would you do with the rest of your life? I don't know. <laughs> That's a good answer. So often, when I sit down with a kid... That's not in school. I say, what do you want to do with your life? Or what, what are you going to do with your life? I say, I don't know. And if you go to Malawi, you will find kids sitting in the marketplace. You will find them just selling whatever they can or just sitting with their friends and not going to school because fees haven't been paid. We don't normally accept students at the age that Jacob and his brother came in I don't know if you know, but teenagers can be a little bit difficult. So they don't always follow the rules. So we, we're very careful. Jacob, um, how did you find Kids World? Tell me that story. Okay, before that, my father, he's a brick rare. So brick rare in Malawi, it is a season. So... Why is it a seasonal job? Um, I can say that in terms of rains and also the bricks, we made the bricks through, we say, oven. An oven, yeah. They make their, their clay bricks dug up from the ground, sun-dried, and then baked in a wood-fired oven. Can you find a dry firewood to burn that in rainy season? <laughs> no. <laughs> So he was finding difficulties in paying me school fees. So by that time, I was alone at school. My brother was in primary. So in primary, it is like government, you don't pay. So he was struggling to pay me school fees. So we are laying 
on gods. We had gods. So the whole, all gods were, was extincted. I can say that. So, yeah. Gods. Goats. 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 <laughs> so, and my young brother was also selected to go to the same secondary school that I was. That is secondary school. That is here. It is high school. Yes, high school. So it became a big burden. So we were chased out of school. We were at home. So it became a time that my aunt called my father that we should visit her, which it is like far away from where we stay. So we went there. When we went there, after having conversation at last, my father said that at least you should help me to pay school fees for these kids. So my aunt said that, oh, yes, I'm working, but I'm receiving a little, a little salary. That is the man. So I can't afford to pay school fees. Or in other ways, I can't support you. So my aunt then was telling someone else that a certain man that uh, I have my uncle, my, I can say my brother, yes. I have my brother, but he has got his kids. He's, they are doing well at school, but they have now chased out of school. There is a problem with school fees, so I don't know what to do. So that man said that, what if if you visit Mr. Jordan, that is the feeding center. So my aunt told her husband about that issue. So we went for the first time with my uncle to the feeding center. We find one who looks after the feeding center. That is Mr. Saidi. So when we went there, talking to him, he said that our budget now is not good. So I don't know if he can allow you to come in. So you should come on your own. Now he's not here. So we came, we come, we came also for the second time. So was, was I there? So, yes, you were there. But did I stay there? <laughs> no. <laughs> so for the second time, when we went there, we missed each other. When we were reaching that place, he was leaving that place. So we had also to go back and wait for the third day. So for the th third day, we found him there. When we talked to him, he said that now my budget, I yeah, he said budget, no, he didn't say that budget. He said that I don't have money. Yeah, it was simple like that. I don't have money. So, I was saying that oh, I, I, I hope that it was my hope that he's going to take me. Now, you, you missed a part of this. Before coming for the third time, you did something. Okay, <laughs> yes. Before coming for the third time, I said to my Lord that ah, this is the biggest show. So I fasted. After fasting, we went there. So... He said that I don't have money. So he said, but you should go to school. And after 
a week, I'll be sponsoring you. So I said, oh, praise the Lord. Amen. <laughs> so, we'll come back to it. Have you ever had to just step out in faith and just trust God? When I met Jacob, and uh, I had to be honest. I said, listen, I, I don't have money. And when I spoke that out, God dropped something in my heart, and he said, you're going to have money. And, I'm in my, in, and I, I've learned when God says you're going to have money that there is going to be money. I've just, I've just learned that. Um, but there's this, you want to be a good steward of the resources that God has so you don't want to pledge more than you, than you can do. And so I said, we don't, we don't have money for this. And God said, tell him to go to school. You're going to have money. So I said to him, go to school and in, in, my, in my head, I'm like, God, when, when are we going to have money? Because there's no money in Canada. When are we going to have money? And God says, in one week, you're going to pay the school fees. So I said, in one week, I will pay your school fees. And sure enough, before that one week was up, all of a sudden, somebody said, here's money for school fees. Not only for Jacob, but for our entire Kids World group, all of them. They, they seriously dropped thousands of dollars and said, that's for school fees. So we were able to pay for Jacob to go to school because we stepped out in faith. So you went back to school. Yes, I went back to school. So when I was at school, that is the grade from four. Yes, yes. I'm saying in from four. So that is grade 12. So I was working so hard knowing that the money that is... For the school fees, it is not coming from my father, but it's coming from someone else who I don't know like you. So I was working very hard, and at the end, I got 12 points. So how the point system works in Malawi, the best you can do, it's like golf. The best you can do in, a, in class is one point. One point is anywhere between... 96% and 100%. Two points is 92% or 90% to uh, 95%. So Jacob got two points across the board. Is it two points in everything? Or did you get one in some things and three in another? One, two, what, what? So you must have had a three in there somewhere, right? Yeah. He still got distinctions and graduated with 12 points. And then you... Applied for college, yes? And where are you going? Um, in October, I'm going to study nursing at Camus College of Nursing. How much are your school fees at, at Camus? 400000 Per term? Yes. Okay. Yes, two, two semesters or three? Semester. No, no. How many semesters in a year? So we're looking at 1.2 million kwacha per year for nursing. You will not find any Canadian nurse that can go to school for $2,200 a year, including everything. So if you want to chip in, that's where it would go. Jacob is just one of many. Jacob was the top. I think the next person behind you had 18 points. So 
Yeah, I think Tuckmore had 18 points. There's a competition because every year we like to bring the top graduates to Canada to, to share their story. But God intercepted Jacob's life. And Jacob knew that if he trusted God, that God would provide. And he fasted. And he, he asked God, he said, you know, you have not because what? You ask not. So Jacob fasted and he sought God. And God heard his prayer and he answered so Jacob will be studying nursing, and Malawian nurses have to learn to be midwives. Jacob will know how to look after a lady in labor in the bush, and hopefully they will come to a clinic so that they can be in a sterile environment. But Jacob will be able to deliver babies. Thank you so much. You can have a seat there. Oh, you want to say something else? Okay. So I thank God for this wonderful thing, and I so thank you for sponsoring God bless you you may never have heard of Kamuzu College of Nursing but graduates from that school can be found in Europe and the UK and South Africa even in the States it's an excellent school and Jacob is just he's so privileged to go there I thank God for what he's doing you know, I started Kids World Outreach Society in Malawi in November of 2007. And in 2008, the world economy crashed. And I watched for the next few years as all my missionary friends went home. All of them. All my friends went home because their sponsorship dried up. I don't know why God chose me I honestly don't, other than Jacob needed to go to school, Peter needed to go to school, Lawrence needed to go to school, and the 200 children that we have baptized in the, in the last 10 years needed Jesus Christ, and they needed a hope for the future, and they needed to know that there is a God that will not leave them or forsake them and loves them beyond anything else. Northwest Family Church you have been a part of that. You've been a part of giving hope to so many children. So I encourage you today, whatever you're going through, hold on, push through, keep your eyes on Christ because he's going to develop within you something that is wonderful. And you will be able to encourage somebody else to hold on at another point in time. But that hope of salvation that will build up in you will never disappoint. God bless you. Thanks, Jordan. <clears throat> and they do have a table out back, and they'll both be there explaining the things they have, and you can purchase them. And... Um, I just, I just want to share with you as our congregation, this is good soil. It's a great place to invest. You can talk to them about monthly sponsorships. If you want to give something specifically just today, they've got their own uh, debit machine there. And uh, if you want to give monthly through the church, you can do that as well. But uh, if you want to give directly, um, I just encourage you to get on board. And uh, you see other young men and young people like Jacob, given a chance, given an opportunity to excel, 
and not just to excel in a professional field, but to be able to share the gospel with their own people. And so we see the ministry, you know, reciprocating and growing. And, and um, yeah, take a moment to talk to Jordan, uh, talk to Jacob, and uh, just uh, get on their um, email list maybe, their newsletter list, um, whatever they have, and uh, connect with them because it's a, it's a great place to minister. Father, we are so grateful to hear a testimony of not just your healing power in Jordan's life and your uh, saving power in Jacob's life and other kids at this school and, and uh, that are fed uh, day after day after day and given an opportunity for an education, but Lord, also your delivering power. We know that we fight not flesh and blood, but it's a spiritual warfare, whether it's here in Calgary or whether it's in Malawi. And we just pray your blessing upon Jordan and the ministry that you've allowed him to be a part of and to sustain and, and remain there when others maybe uh, couldn't for whatever reason. So, Lord, we just pronounce and speak blessing upon them. And I pray, Lord, that as he ministers again this evening at Bridges Church and they have a reception there, and then tomorrow they head back to Malawi. Lord, go with them. Give them traveling mercy. Let your anointing and your presence and your power continue to flow in and through Jordan's life. And Lord, I pray that people that are going through situations in their lives here can be encouraged, Lord, that not only are you interested in people in Malawi, but you're interested in people right here. So, Lord, we believe that even in our lives as well, we're learning lessons to trust you, to rely upon you. And so, Lord, today again, we affirm again, Lord, we trust you. Even when we can't see the end, we trust you and we rely on you. So, Lord, let your blessing be upon them. And may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you, be gracious to you, lift up his countenance on you, and give you peace. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. One other announcement. Stampede breakfast is coming up on July the 6th. And uh, there's a sign-up sheet on the information table. And uh, Jocelyn's going to help us with our volunteers, etc. So if you could sign that sheet and give the information. There's two shifts that the community association is looking to fill. And so uh, they're looking to us as well for volunteers. It's a great opportunity to you know, be a part of something that has two to 3,000 people come to it on that Saturday morning. So if you could just sign on that sheet, put your name and which shift that you'd like to be a part of, the information's all there, and then we can let you know, uh, Jocelyn can let you know when uh, we'll meet together and, and uh, allocate responsibilities. God bless you. Take. Oh, there's a video as well they're going to see here, and then uh, you can be dismissed after that video and check out the table in the back.
probably the most difficult thing about working with people is that you're working with people. You're not investing in land, you're not investing in buildings, you're not investing in anything except for people. And people can let you down when they fail or they can really excite you when they succeed. You know, this November, we're celebrating 10 years of work down here at Bodza Village. And it's like I'm finally seeing so many more fruits from all the years of labor that have gone into this. And I couldn't be more proud. In fact, this year, or this month, we're, we're focusing on responsibility and ownership. And the young man Moses, he's here training our young people how to care for a garden and, that, and how to start their own businesses. And I'm excited because now the young people that are graduating from high school are going to be equipped with skills that they need to prosper and to make a life for themselves. And you know, that's, that's what we've been striving for for so many years, is to empower these kids with an opportunity for a good future. And it totally blesses my heart to be able to see that this is coming to fruition. Thank you for all your support. God bless you. Mulungu Akudalitseni. Ziko Mukwambiri.